0: You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for consumers, with Renew Economies editor Charles Parkinson and leading solar industry veteran Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Sunwiz, makers of PV cell software and Solar Analytics, suppliers of intelligent solar monitoring.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Solar Insiders. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy and One Step Off the Grid and the Driven.io for electric vehicles because I don't have enough to do. Nigel Morris is joining me as usual. Nigel, how are you? I've got the Christmas spirit, Giles. You've got the Christmas spirit? I've got the Christmas spirit. Well, that's good. Look, I I must be at the end of a very long year, otherwise I wouldn't have sort of ranted and raved about all the different websites I edit, and it's my own fault for creating the damn things, but there you go. um... It's a bit like
2: that. There's no one I've spoken to who isn't really looking forward to a break, so... You know, uh, and, we're and nearly it's fun- there. It's funny that last week, you just sort of go, you know, there's only three days
1: or four days or five days to go, but yeah. um, at the start of the week, I didn't think I'd make it. I was just going, oh, I can't believe this. <laughs> I can't I'm not going to make, <laughs> make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. But look, um, but what, what, what a bumper year. Um, this is going to be a bit of a sort of a highs and lows and best and worst for 2018, mm. um, I just want to start off with renew economy, one step off the grid, and our new electric vehicle website. So we clocked over ten million page views um, earlier this month for two thousand eighteen, which is a fantastic oh, thing. That's
2: thirty. Congratulations, mate! That's oh, really that's
1: huge. That's, that's really right, huge. Yes, I mean you know don't know how much time was taken for you and me to click on all those stories. But, um, <laughs> but look, the official data tells us we've actually had two and a bit million unique visitors over the year, and a quarter of them um, come from um, around the world. And, Is um, that right? Yeah. well, wow. Isn't that interesting? So um, There's not
2: a day that goes by that I don't meet someone. In fact, I had a regular listener um, bailed me up the other day, Glenn Beams, who loves the show. Good on you, Beamsie. Um, and and made a bitter complaint about the poor line quality on the last show when you were in a back lane in Newtown or something. Oh, look, That's so we should. Restaurant. Look, it
1: was just outrageous. Look, I thought some people were
2: actually entertained by that. <laughs> um, but um, No, no, no. We've um, set the bar high now. He said, I, I expect better quality from you clowns now. And I quote quote him um, so you know he said so we've got to keep the bar nice and high as we as as he says we have been so an uppercut for you was he said what he wanted. Well look that's um, fair that's fair enough to look and, and I
1: think the solution to this is actually to, to charge people like Beamsy a subscription so then we can actually get a, 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 a oh, microphone delivered by drone <laughs> and have a little capsule that comes down in those back street alleys mm. in Newtown and so we can be sort of soundproofed. Yeah. And then the um, and then the, um, the, the then the sound quality would not diminish, and my my dinner would not go cold, <laughs> sitting back in the pub there. That's and my rough. my my dinner went cold, my beer went warm. So Beam, you know, Beamsy,
2: this doesn't sound like an apology that you're getting, <laughs> mate. But you know, it's as close as it's going to come.
1: It is, it is. But it is. but the
2: good news is, Beamsy, like lots of lots of our listeners. Uh, have got lots of good feedback for us and I think um, I've got a bit of a list building for next year of some of the topics that we should uh, should cover to make sure that we're delivering what they want. So um, we're listening to you. Please keep the feedback coming. Hey, look, and one
1: while we're talking about that, we're not really talking about that now, but I just want throw that in, would be... Um um, a couple of queries about people looking at retrofits and retrofits for their solar so a lot of people you know mm. five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago would have put you know 1.5 kilowatts or 1 kilowatt on the roof and just thinking well that's not enough and sh- surely I should put more on mm-hmm. and that's a good
2: question so how do you go about that so we might have a special episode on that sometime too but oh uh, yeah and we, we touch on that in the interview we've got later on actually about the growth of the retrofit and upgrade market that's it's happening it's happening, it's happening. happening, happening. out there yeah it's absolutely happening well there, yeah
1: well maybe we can help it uh, happen some more and look we've got that interview with Warwick Johnson okay. from Sunwiz later on and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get to that soon um, look just to touch off on the stats um, so um, uh, one step off the grid's going pretty good more than 100,000 page views a month now particularly since the redesign of renew economy and that's sort of you know feeding more people off and people can find those stories a bit easier and the new electric vehicle site the driven's going pretty well too um, just about 500,000 page views clocked in just over three months so, um, so that's good, and um, just over a hundred thousand listens on this very modest little podcast, despite sort of doing it in back alleys and things like that. So, um, look at us. Look, you know, look, thanks look to our us. sponsors, um, the T-shirts, you know, Solar Analytics, um, the um, SunWiz, of course, all the listeners yeah. out there, and the buyer yeah. of that T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> that,
2: that thirty bucks has gone 30 miles. Bucks. We really, used that's not it. a bad return on investment, <laughs> is it? <laughs> I think of no, the, pro- think in the property
1: industry that they, they describe it as a 0.3 percent return on investment, but um,
2: <laughs> hundred thousand the- <laughs> listens—that's that's a bloody good result, isn't it? I'm really, I'm really. <laughs> oh,
1: look, it's um, it's um, it's remarkable, really. So um, <laughs> it's, it's quite um, remarkable. It's, it's, no, exactly no, no, no uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I, 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 I'm, I'm, should we get on to business? We, we, should we
2: talk about the top ten things that have happened this year? Let's do that. Yeah. What's your what, what, what's the top ten? Well, we could we could we could we could start off with the dumbest
1: things I said this year. Oh, that shouldn't that. be too hard. Let's do that. I was, I was actually I was actually preparing a story for Renew Economy. I don't think I'm going to do it now because it turned out to be too hard. Because someone sort of said, "Well, you know, what's the ten dumbest things?" And they said, "Which day?" <laughs> and it's yeah. kind of been like that and yep. then you go through what people like Barnaby Joyce and Tony Abbott and yep. Angus Taylor and Scott Morrison and, and, Craig, Matt Kelly Canavan, and yeah. Craig Kelly and then yep. all of those damn things they could fill a top 10 or even a top 20 or even a top 50 all by themselves so how do you actually yep. differentiate it but um you've managed you've managed to narrow it down to Angus Taylor and Melissa Price.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think if there is ever an award for you know the dumbest things we've heard all this heard this year, it's to those two. Angus Taylor at one point uh, not too long ago said there's too much wind and solar in the grid and it causes deindustrialisation. Which, you know, is, is you know, too much wind and solar in the grid? Well, I don't know how you come to that conclusion given that, you know, we need the energy in the grid and uh, uh, punters are quite happy to pay for it and it's cheap. Um, and, you know, the employment opportunities that it's creating and the new industri- industrial opportunities that it's creating um, are the opposite of de-industrialisation. is the new industrialisation. It's the new era of industrialisation. So...
1: Look, I think we have to understand the pressures that um, Angus Taylor is under at home and uh, within his family his father was a very notable anti-wind campaigner. His mm. grandfather of course was the chief um, engineer for the original Snowy Hydro Snowy. Mm. and as we wrote the other uh, the other day um, his wife um, who is a barrister posted on Facebook that she what we needed now was rolling blackouts just to show that the lefty agenda on renewables um, is proven wrong. So mm. there you go there's someone wishing for blackouts mm. um, because they think that wind and solid that doesn't work. So you can imagine the sort of the conversation around breakfast and mm, bless, in, them. Um, bless them, bless them, um, bless them anyway. But um, Melissa Price has also Mil- been um, she, she's 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 been she's been a star because I I think hands down <laughs> she has to have been in the short period that
2: she's been in, as environment minister um, hands down the worst we've ever had. Oh yeah, I agree. Actually, I don't I don't ever remember ever remember us having someone who made such mind boggling statements. Um, uh, you know her, her big one that I grabbed, which is a close runner up to Angus Taylor, was it would be irresponsible to phase out coal by twenty fifty. Yes,
1: You know, yes, that's well, from just embarrassment environment, back... environment, yes, yeah. yes, that's right. Yeah, no, and um, no, she, she's been pretty hopeless actually. And uh, she's just been to the Poland climate change conference where, despite everything, they actually managed to put pretty much all of the rule book required um, together for the Paris Agreement. Um, still not really getting anywhere near um, the ambition that's required, but at least they got most of the rules in place. It's a little bit of argy-bargy about the carbon markets, but Australia distinguishes distinguish itself, one, by not saying very much, apart from the fact that um, we made an appearance at the one... Um at at, at a a United States sponsored thing promoting fossil fuels and there was a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of climate deniers there sitting in the front row and um, amusingly so a lot of activists who disrupted the whole proceedings and then sort of danced and chanted their way out of the room and just left basically a couple of um, US fossil fuel guys, the Australian ambassador for the environment, a couple of well-known climate deniers like Mark Morano and um, another bloke sitting in the front row and that was it. but still a very bad look for australia anyway bad
2: look for australia and i think angus taylor and melissa price's comments kind of were indicative of that whole out of step kind of thing which is why i voted them the dumbest political things we've heard all this year
1: yeah so. no that's fair enough yeah um now look let's just go um, some of the um some of the good things a record results obviously record results for solar um this year i mean we yep. were heading towards 1.5 gigawatts of rooftop solar plus another two or something gigawatts of 2.5 gigawatts of large-scale solar, 4 gigawatts in
2: total, um, remarkable. Is, is this something um, that we've got with um, talking about Warwick as well? It is, so we won't spend too much time on it, but it, it, it was a remarkable year across all the segments, um, and we dive into that in a lot of detail with Warwick, which is a really interesting conversation, so, so stay tuned for that. The one I'll pick out here is that when I was looking again at the large-scale stats this morning... Um, there there were 500 projects done this year in that large-scale segment, um, more than 500 greater than 100 kilowatts. Many of them, you know, obviously very, very large. The median size was 250 kilowatts. So that's a chunk of opportunity. You know, that's more than one large-scale project every single day of the year. It's one point something. So, you know, if ever there was a sign that the market is, is, is running hot, um, you know, you go back only two or three years and you can count them on your hands. Um, in that large space, so so really exciting.
1: Yeah, look, and and despite, despite all of
2: that, it hasn't been all easy going for the
1: solar industry. We've seen a couple of major exits, um, notably mm. um, TVS um, True Value True solar, solar with the mm. German. Um, they're German um, owners Parent. who are now called Excite, but they're not yes. that excited about Australia anymore. <laughs> and um, and Energy Matters, a, vener- a venerable name in the industry, yes. um, just about gone
2: because Flex is um, packed up and... Um, taking its bat and ball back to America. That's right. And both those cases are quite interesting because a they're both very substantial players with a long history in Australia. TVS more on the sort of volume budget residential end and um, Flex Energy Matters more at the premium residential and commercial end and a bit of wholesale as well over the years. But both of them owned by large corporate entities, ultimately. And and that's been the, the sort of common theme between both those two exits is that it's the parent company who's decided no, not going to do this anymore for a whole variety of reasons. And they've got internal reasons and there are external reasons. And True Value Solar Statement actually refers to the very, very tough market conditions and the lack of profitability in the market. Um, So, you know, there's a common theme there that the big corporates are looking at Australia saying, this is very difficult. We saw AGL exit residential solar this year citing similar reasons. So they're still doing commercial, but they're out of resi now. So it's a very tough environment, um, even when you've got scale because then with the scale comes a, a big corporate overhead often. Um, so it makes competition very, very hard. Mm, mm. Um, let's move on to battery installs. Now look, um, a lot of expectations on battery, but
1: it hasn't quite delivered as expected. I think we're going to fall short of um, the threefold increase this year, so we're not going to get to 20,000 mm. some way short of that. Um, I guess, Nigel, that's because the price of batteries for much of the most part have gone up. I'm just thinking about Tesla Powerwalls. I'm thinking about LG Chems. They're probably two of the biggest players in the market. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not aware of that many. Look, a few new products have come to the market, which are sort of Mm. seeking to lower prices, but um, Mm. not the rapid uptake so far.
2: No, hasn't been rapid. You know, the the estimates are still coming in and you hear different numbers, but but I think most people agree that we'll probably get close to 20,000, which is about the same number as we had last year, interestingly. And uh, I probed this a little bit deeper with, with Warwick and, and sought um, his views. And certainly what we're hearing is it's a combination of factors that that have, have led to the fact that we haven't installed so much. Um, but, you know, having said that, 20,000 batteries um this year 20,000 last year you know if you add that up it's starting to add up now to quite a quite a substantial number of of batteries going in each year and so whether it's this year or next year or the year after it's going to come it's going to grow very very substantially yeah. but Didn't quite get there this year.
1: Well, I reckon one of the reasons for that is that everyone was expecting there would be some sort of state-based scheme to support battery storage. And they Mm. would have been right because Mm. um, the South Australian scheme has um, just started rolling out. The Victorians have now got a scheme um, which they sort of um, started just before the election. Mm-hmm. and now, go, now too. go four plus and, what, and the Queensland one now that was the interesting one that got mopped up in like record time like it was open for about five and a half minutes and then it was closed it was filled that just shows you the latent demand for that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fully expecting one or both major parties in New South Wales to do the very same thing in the lead up to this next election and of course you've got Federal Labor with um, their 100 million program To I mean, and they've got they've got a program to have one well they want to sort of kick start Um, the uptake and and by having um, as we see in south australia by having a state-based scheme you start um, attracting manufacturers to at least do some assembly if not the manufacturing in the state that should bring down the prices and it should be full steam ahead to have perhaps one million um, household batteries by 2025 at least that's federal
2: labor's target whether we get there or not who knows? Who knows? Yeah, and I think you're quite right. I think the, the the announcements about the various different schemes were one of the factors that slowed the market down this year because people could see that there was kind of something coming, and 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 we see that happen all the time in rebate schemes. So no doubt some of that latent demand has been um, uh, um, absorbed into that, and we'll see that flow into next year. And of course, if those schemes are successful and they roll out, and everyone is able to to ramp up fast enough, then that should bolster next year. And you know, theoretically, you know, in the abs, <clears throat> even in the absence of these schemes, we saw maybe as many twenty as twenty thousand go in. So next year should be. You know, 30, 40, 50,000 potentially if these schemes get rolling. Mm. Here's a fun fact for you though. You know, under the assumption that there was about 20,000 that went in this year, Giles, I did some rough numbers of well, an average of about seven kilowatts kilowatt hours of storage per install, roughly. What does that add up to? And interestingly, it adds up to about 120, 130 odd megawatt hours of storage installed cumulatively across all the homes in Australia now. Which is the same size as the Tesla big battery, it is exactly the same. So, you know, you got one battery that went in in South Australia last year, and you know, 20,000 homes that went in this year adding the same amount of capacity, which is pretty fascinating. Um, So, all up now about a gigawatt hour of energy um, installed, uh, storage installed around Australia, which is bloody impressive. A gigawatt hour, um, really decent number. Whoa, 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 how did you get to a gigawatt hour? By adding up all the cumulative storage across all the different plants and all the different homes over all the years. Really? Batteries? Yeah. All pumped hydro included? No, just batteries. So there's 300 megawatt hours or 0.3 of a gigawatt hour just this year, right? Between Horns- or the last year, Hornstale and, uh, and the residential stuff. Oh, okay then. Okay, Do you know what okay. I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. So yeah, you look yeah. at then all the big stuff and another 20,000 last year and five or 8,000 the year before that, and you can come up to a number somewhere around there. Hmm. So we're, we're heading in that region. A mega battery. A mega battery. Hmm. <laughs> a gigabattery, in fact. Now, speaking of batteries,
1: um, your coolest new technology for 2019? Uh,
2: 2018, in fact. 2018. Um, yeah. 2019, that's the next question. That's the next one. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think the coolest thing um, that I saw in 2018 uh, was definitely batteryless hybrid island-capable inverters. So that's the inverters that can allow you to operate in the event of a grid outage without a battery. Um, this is not. Brand new technology, but to see it actually in production, actually available, um, um, and the more I've dug around on this topic and looked at this, um, the more suppliers that I've found that are actually capable of doing it. Um, Delta are already doing it. Enphase have got the IQ8 coming out uh, early next year, I believe, in Australia, which can do it. And I think the uh, Huawei uh, can actually do it in some situations as well. So there's some really, really interesting technology out there, and that's a really nice little stepping stone into independence in the home, which is what a lot of people are looking for, even if you don't have the money for a, for a battery. So I think that's really, really cool. And um, it'd be interesting to see if that expands next year. Absolutely.
1: Okay, um, The um, another cool technology, of course, was the, um, is uh, comes with EVs. And it's interesting to know mm. you've got down here, the uh, Tesla Roadster um, on a single charge. It's now gone 337 million. Kilometers from Earth. <laughs> That's right. Who's got Who's got range anxiety now? <laughs> well,
2: I did read. I did read. It's out of warranty, of course, because it's, it's surpassed the. There's a kilometer clause on the mileage, and so it is technically out of warranty. It's only ten months old, but it is 337 million kilometers from Earth. This is the Tesla that that, uh, Elon fired into space because he could. Um, But, you know, it's the first terrestrial EV that's ever gone into space. It's the craziest thing anyone's ever heard. Um, It's out there traveling at 36,000 kilometres an hour, uh, which is about 10 kilometres. 10 meters per second, I think it was, or yeah, something like that, maybe more than that, probably. Anyway, it's going really, really fast and it's traveling through space. And there is a website where you can track its progress. Um, these facts are already out of date because I, I grabbed them an hour ago, so it's undoubtedly gone a few more. It's gone another 36,000 k's or so since I pulled this down. But I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's, it's such a damn shame that it's not in orbit, because if it was in orbit, you could actually wait for it to come down. It would then re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. Elon Musk could actually go out and catch it in that catcher's mitt, giant catcher's <laughs> mitt that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and then he can coolly and very nonchalantly walk into the Tesla, open up the uh, glove box and
2: get his wallet out. <laughs> See, Charles, so I've there's, been a for that. <laughs> there's a danger here of recommending crazy things that Elon should do. Well, I think, um, yes, no, okay, um, yeah. But look, um,
1: look, look, look on that. It's um, it's been a um, it's been an interesting year for Tesla. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of criticism on him. But um, looking at some of the uh, the latest um, stuff that's coming out of the US, particularly the, some of the financial analysts, they're saying that the uh, the shorts and these are the people who've made a business out of sort of decrying his business and criticising it are um, are not looking so good anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, even though he seems like a crazy guy and possibly not the best easiest most easiest person to deal with, um, it is extraordinary what he has achieved. It's, and, it's marvellous, um, it's marvellous. And um looks sort of kind of changing the game and um, we're starting to see that in Australia now with all the electric vehicles um, starting to come into the market, the Hyundai Ioniq, the Jaguar I-Pace, there'll be another four or five models available next year um so we might start. we might start finally seeing some sort of uptake because damn it, there's there's a hunger out there for it i mean the latest survey from um um oh who that who's that mob morgan um Blah blah blah. I can't yep. think of their name now. Yeah, Roy, Reg- Roy, Roy Morgan. Roy Morgan. Yep. More than more than half the uh, more than half the people, are thinking about getting a hybrid or a full electric as their next car. Now, if you think about the implications of that, and that car ownership usually lasts for about ten or twelve years, and then if they're thinking that now, when EV prices are still high. Um, it's um, imagine what they're thinking when EV prices are much lower in 4 or 5 years time,
2: I can just see a whole complete change over within 15 years. Oh yeah, it's it's you know, and, and, and it's interesting right now because we're right at the beginning of this market, you know, I've had a really tough year on my bike, I've had reliability problems, I've had licensing challenges um, and I'm off the road at the moment um, you know, I've done 50,000 Ks on my bike but I'm off the road and, and it's not easy getting service um, in fact it's really, really challenging, there is none, um, but but, you know, I'm working my way through it and, and, and it is a challenge as an owner of an EV right now. You don't have charging infrastructure, you're lacking in service, there's not lots of vehicles around, there's limited spares. So, you know, it is it is still challenging. But um, the next year or two, my goodness, it's going to change. So it's, it's going to get exciting, I reckon. Absolutely right. Absolutely. Now, um, biggest disappointment of the year. Um, mm. We'd probably
1: have to go back to Crap Solar then, wouldn't we?
2: Yeah, and look, you know, I have to say Crap Solar's... Just been, you know, a constant, uh, a constant, interesting read of what's. Of, it's kind of like a barometer of what's going on at the, at the other end of the industry, if you like. But the biggest disappointment for me this year was just still too much crap solar. And to be honest, t- when we're talking about a company struggling with profitability, th- there is not enough profit in this sector. Um, um, there is, there are such, such incredible slim margins. I was talking to Installer the other day, who was lamenting the fact that he said look i can buy as well as anyone else and i do these numbers and i just go why is this guy doing this he's making a Hundred bucks or two hundred bucks, and there's no way he can support customers. There's no way um, he's got warranty coverage. There's no way he's going to service that customer properly. And yet, there's tons of it still going out there. And the and and the big risk is that that we're starting to see now, and we're starting to hear customers actually saying, "You know what, mate? It's three grand. If it if it stuffs up in two or three years, I don't care. I'll just buy another one." Which is a travesty solar should not be seen as, as disposable and the price gap is not that big um, so that's my biggest disappointment this year is just to watch this horrible um, uh, race to the to the gutter um, on price um, and and consumers getting caught in the middle of it um, so you know I, I just urge consumers out there to choose a great supplier pay a fair price and don't buy disposable solar buy something decent
1: Absolutely, and look, it has been a bit encouraging that um, there's been a fair bit of crackdown on um, some of the dodgy material coming into town, and also some of the dodgy operators. So we're starting to sort of name and shame um, some of the state-based based regulators are doing that, which yep. is great. Which yep. is great, and um, we've also narrowing down the number of panels um, available in the market here, and just sort of getting getting rid of some at the um, at the poor end. Um, which is a good thing because
2: um, that probably should have been done a while ago. But it's good—it's good that it's being done now. And there's been a lot of debate this year too about you know standards and and should standards be mandatory? Should uh, uh, the retailer code of conduct, for example, be mandatory? And I went to a great working group um, session uh, recently on the the new version of that code, which is is under development now. So there's a there's a lot of work by a lot of people to keep quality up, to weed out bad products, to weed out bad installers um you know the cc published some statistics the other day on how many installers they've they've um stripped of accreditation this year alone um and how many have had warnings and stuff um sadly we still see dumb things happening out there and i've got a crap solar award of the year um as demonstration of the fact that there's still there's still garbage going on out there but luckily it's not the majority um but there's still work to be done that's for sure You've got a crap solar of the a year award. Um, when yeah. when are we when when are we doing that? Are you, do you want to do it now or yes, should we let's do just, it now. No, let's do it now. Ring the bells. Yeah. <laughs> <Drum roll. laughs> um This was an interesting one because we see so much, uh, so many examples of just poor workmanship, mostly, and you know, lack of foresight. But when I look back through all the stories that I'd seen last year, I think there were two that really stood out for me. One was cabling through or in gutters. Putting DC cabling, putting any cabling in a gutter is the stupidest thing and that you could ever imagine, let alone the fact that you've now wrecked someone's gutter, let alone the fact that you put electricity in a gutter. It's just the dumbass... Most dumbass thing that anyone could do, and I can't believe that there is a person in the world who would do it, but there you go. Saw a couple of cases of of that this year, and that's tied very, very closely with spray painting your solar panels. Uh, We've seen a couple of of examples this year of roof painters coming up to do up the roof and spraying the tiles and then just continuing over onto the solar panels and painting them as well
1: i'd have to go for the spray painting myself i just think that's you know, you like I, mean, that you know I, I associate gutters with gutter journalism so i'm not too sure i can't, can't quite get my mind around sort of gutter solar solarisms mm-hmm. but um but the spray painting of the panels that's got me that's just um that's fantastic yeah um, although i do remember going to um one of those big solar conferences um in san francisco um a couple of years ago in fact um we were there together and um, there were a lot of co- companies at that stage trying to roll
2: out different coloured solar panels. What mm. happened to that idea? Well, that's a really good question. I think um, I think the challenge is price. Um, well, and wait, no, no one's looking at them because they're on the roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, sure. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's a, it's not an easy thing to do. I remember back in the day when I was working in a solar panel factory, we went, oh, if we turn this knob, we, you know, we can change the colour of the cell. Do you think there's a market for that? And I said, well, no, not really, you know, just make them handsome and unobtrusive. That's what people want. Um, I don't think I don't think people are thinking about it the same way they choose the colour of a car so much. You know, as long as it's unobtrusive, handsome,
1: hand, handsome and unobtrusive. Now, there's a slogan for the industry. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's a bit like us,
2: really, isn't it? <laughs>
1: um, um, the best thing of the year. Um, mm. Gosh, um, you've got down here the um, the solar and the batteries and the FCAS and the interventions in the market, and I'd probably have to agree with that. Um, I've written a, a whole bunch about the Tesla big battery. In fact, I was actually mm-hmm. looking over the top twenty or the top one, you know, fifty stories mm-hmm. or the top twenty stories on Renew Economy in two thousand and eighteen, mm-hmm.
2: and nineteen of them were about the Tesla big battery. Is that right? <laughs> I mean, well, you can't it just, you can't fault that, right? I mean, it is world class. It's just been delivering all year. It's made money for everyone involved. It's you know, it's also painted a
1: picture of the future. And it has. You know, th- th- this whole thing that I keep on sort of writing, and I find myself sort of you know, repeating myself a bit, but it is about a cheaper, cleaner, smarter, and more reliable grid, and that mm.
2: um, can't be bad. It can't be bad. It can't be bad. And we're seeing it both at that major scale level for those large scale plants, but we're also st- starting to see you know, the combination of just 2 million solar systems and now, you know, 50, 60, 70,000, whatever it is, cumulatively installed um, residential batteries, you know, they're out there now. They're out there. And even though they're not necessarily being called on to deliver SCAS or FCAS or some other energy service, they're reducing demand. And Mm. so, you know, we've got numerous cases now where coal generators have tripped out or fallen offline or been offline because of heat stress or, or, or maintenance or whatever else. And it's the solar... And the reduced demand from those, from those um, distributed batteries that are helping to keep the network alive because it's reducing network demand. So, you know, the network is benefiting from, uh, from the investment of two million solar homes um, every single day. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Look, uh, Nigel, it's probably a good um, opportunity now to um, make a segue to the, um, to the interview you did with uh, Warwick Johnson from Sunwiz about mm. um, some of the major highlights um, of the day. So um, let's hear you and uh, Warwick chatting about the past year.
2: Joining me is Warwick Johnston from SunWiz, uh, one of our sponsors of the show, and uh, aficionado of software design, software PV uh, solar design software PV cell. Was how are you?
0: G'day, Nigel. I'm fantastic. Merry Christmas to you.
2: Yeah. Merry Christmas to you. Um, thanks for joining us today. Given it's the end of the year, we, um, we thought we should do a wrap and um, we thought who better to go to than the Oracle to try and get an update on the numbers. So I'm hoping you might join us in sharing some of the highlights and lowlights of the year from a, from a numerical, from a statistical sense, um, and, um, and share some of those numbers with us. Um, so let's let's start right at the top, if I may. Where are we going to land this year, Was? What what what's the result most likely that we're going to hit by the end of December?
0: Oh, look, it depends on which market you want to look at, Nigel. But um, for the SDC market, the, the sub one hundred kilowatt line, we're we'll looking at a, probably about one point five five gigawatts, which is absolutely mammoth.
2: That is huge. It, that, that's an all time record, right?
0: Oh yeah, well and truly. Uh, you know, previously we've uh, just nudged over the one gigawatt mark, uh, but this is just incredible. And you know, add on top of that the LGC commercial rooftop systems, and then all the solar farms, and we're going to be you know 3.8 gigawatts.
2: Four gig for the year, holy moly! And and um, as I was thinking about what we could talk about, um, Warwick, I remember fondly when we used to work together to produce forward forecasts for the solar industry um, uh, going forward five years with a low, medium, and high scenario, and trying to trying to predict what the industry was going to do based on a whole myriad of of secret formulas and factors that we had in um, our heads that we knew would drive the market or thought would influence the market up or down. So tell me, how did you go this year? Where did you end up with um, where the year's gonna land versus what you thought was gonna happen?
0: Mate, I I think I was dead on 100% accurate. Uh, Just like we always were. Um, <laughs> um meaning i didn't uh, didn't take the foolish uh, choice to go and forecast the market this year um had i forecasted i'm sure i would have got it less wrong than everybody else as we usually did um yeah. but uh look i don't think anyone could have foreseen um the the magnitude of the boom that happened um certainly uh, unprecedented and it would have been real courageous to to call it this big um, certainly would have been at the upper end of our estimates, but um, uh, either way, I think everyone's smiling.
2: Mm. So there was no there was no sign of this coming, was there?
0: Look, there was a steady build-up of volume through 2017. It uh, mm-hmm. really did ramp up over the um, the months, as they, particularly towards the end of the year. And so mm-hmm. that was an indication. Uh, but you really couldn't foresee that the Victorian government was going to go and add fuel to the fire and and you know, create no. thousands more that wouldn't have otherwise come through. Uh, but yeah, a real combination of factors here that that have really driven the market. Uh, and unfortunately, not everyone's benefited, as we've seen some um, you know some really good companies uh, decide to exit the market uh, uh, even though it's booming
2: yep yep and 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 we've seen this every time there's a boom um you know we often see the most closures and stress on businesses you know, at the beginning of a boom, uh, incredibly as, as everyone's trying to ramp up and competition's getting really, really ferocious, ferocious, And, you know, some of the bigger companies, particularly sometimes take a view of, well, let's get out of this before it gets crazy. Um, uh, and, and before we make things worse for ourselves if they're not in good shape and then things kind of settle down. And then once everyone's ramped up, then everyone's exposed again because they've got big overheads. So, you know, I, I, I Personally, would expect to see some more pressure on businesses. Do tell me, though, Warwick. Um, did during the build-up that you talked about, particularly in the sub one hundred kilowatt space, was it was it consistent through the year, or were there big spikes that contributed to this one point five gigawatt result?
0: No, it's look. It's been fairly consistent growth. Mm. There's been quieter months. Uh, but mostly due to public holidays or school holidays etc but uh, even when the following on from a quieter month was a, a, a new record and so yeah just consistently growing
2: consistent holy moly and so break it down for us tell us uh, residential commercial we know 1.5 gigawatts but what about the large scale stuff and what happened in rooftop and what happened in ground mount
0: so we are looking at at least 2.1 gigawatts worth of um, ground mount uh, from anything from above 5 megawatts and over uh, and we're looking at 168 megawatts worth of commercial rooftop in the 100 to 5,000 kilowatt range.
2: Holy smoke, 168 megawatt! And so what percentage of the total market now that, that's playing in that commercial space, what does that equal?
0: Oh, that's, that's a really good question. So it's about 1.1 gigawatt of uh, residential in that 3.8 gigawatt total market. Now, if you just look at um, residential as a portion. To uh, rooftop commercial, then it's 1.1 divided by 1.7, mate. I don't know the maths on that, but um, you know, in the STC market, it's a, at least 30% of volume that's going through is the um, commercial STC market. So you know, add on another 200 megawatts worth of of, of rooftop, and you know, you're looking at uh, I'd say about uh, over 40% of, of capacity going in that's commercial.
2: 40% right okay so that's the that's the kind of rough so 30 to 40% we've definitely seeing a, a much bigger uh, or it's not actually a much bigger but it's a steady slow but steady increase of commercial um, in the overall rooftop market right.
0: Yeah, that's right. And look, if you look back to 2012, we actually had a residential market, which was about the same size as it will be this year, um, one gigawatt. And it's only that we now have an extra, um, you know, 450 meg of uh, STC commercial in the mix that you're getting these record volumes um, in, in those terms
2: yeah right. got it. and and, um we used to talk about a lot about residential saturation, which was something that I know we debated long and hard about, you know what is the point at which? we have to start throttling the market back because it just won't have the capacity to absorb any more on rooftops. Um, So what's what's going on here was, uh, you know, we're close to saturation uh, in some in in a lot of markets, but the market's not slowing down. What's happening?
0: Yeah, look, a range of different things. So nationally, we're looking at 20% of households having PV. And if you just whittle that back to the owner occupied um, detached houses, then you're looking at 40%. uh, um, nationally, but then in some states it's at 60% and those states are still going nuts. Um, a couple of things there, you've got uh, upgrades which are happening. So people who um, bought solar systems seven years ago um, saying, well, time to increase my system size, You know, electricity prices have gone up, my feed-in tariff is expiring, all those factors. Some are you know, looking and saying, oh, geez, those panels don't seem to be working um, very well, let's, let's ditch that system and put on a, a new one uh, altogether. And uh, and then you know, people just going, well, I've got a massive roof and only a third of it's filled up with solar panels. Let's do the rest. And there's an interesting study by APVI and Solar Citizens that was showing that uh, it was uh, we're only about 10% of the way through our actual available residential roof space. So um, you know, I think we're seeing that we might have a large number of customers that have gotten solar, you know, two million of them, but a lot of those customers can still get bigger than that.
2: Mm-hmm. And so we, we used to watch the numbers on replacement systems I think we called it where you or upgrade systems where you could you could strip that out of them out of the data and you could see what the uh, what the size of the, the replacement or um, upgrade market was have you got a sense for us of, of any data points around that.
0: When I last looked at that, I think it was about 10 to 15% of systems that are going in that were on uh, upgrades of some sort.
2: Wow, 10 to 15. That's much bigger than the last time I remember looking at it when it was only 1 or 2% a few years back. So that's, that's consistent with what we're seeing in the market and hearing in the market, but um, that's a big chunk. It is a big chunk, and of course, you
0: know, when batteries come along, um, you know, people uh, with existing solar systems are most likely to upgrade their system, of course, to, to power their battery as well. So there's going to be another driving factor there too.
2: Yeah, got it, got it. Wow. That's, um, it's great to see these things bearing out after talking about it with you for so many years, mate, to <laughs> yep. actually see it happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, look, but Finally finally but but so the 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 penetration rate really um amazes me so uh i look forward to some thinking on that by you to to you know are we gonna uh, do we need to lift these numbers that we had in the back of our head about what the level is that we think saturation will reach
0: yeah, look, I think we do, but I mean, if you look at some of those uptake charts and, you know, you compare the uptake of solar to the uptake of um, washing machines and TVs, etc., and, you know, you think you got reached saturation point of TVs in, in households, etc., and then you go and find people buy two, three or four of them, you know, um, people replace their fridge dishwasher, all that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I think there's going to be a, a market for, for years and years to come. And, you know, you're looking at the point also of that maintenance and a, a, a market of, geez, you know, these in, these inverters reach 15-year life. Well, we've got to replace the inverters. And so there's going, there's going to be a, a progressive shift towards um, maintenance and upgrades of existing systems for, for years to come, especially as you once you've got them on every roof. Yep,
2: yep, yep and so biggest surprise for the year you're watching these numbers all the time was um you you you're trying to uh, advise your clients um on you know what they should be thinking about with their business strategies what was the biggest surprise for the year putting aside the volume we understand that was a big surprise but what other surprises did you see in the market that um that caught everyone out
0: well i'm not sure the biggest surprise which uh I've seen isn't necessarily something that's caught everyone out. It's maybe catching everyone out at the moment, but you know, there's of course there's fierce competition and, and you know plenty of people coming to enter or, or enter, re-enter the market. But I've had some conversations with some leading business owners recently, and they're talking about getting profit margins of 25, even up to 35 percent on their systems. And you go, you know, when everyone else is really struggling with price competition, you know, what are these guys doing that's um, that's really setting them apart? And you know, the the simple story is that the They've built a reputation for themselves, um, and they're able to go and say, well, "We don't need to compete on price anymore." So, mm-hmm. you know, they did that during the quiet downturn, and they're now um, reaping the benefits of that. Um, and it just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's really good to see.
2: It's essential. It's essential, isn't it? If 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 we if everyone's going to have a, a future uh, as a business. Um, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. And, and the other one that's been on everyone's lips, which I'm, I'm interested in your view on Warwick is, is batteries. Um, what did you see? Uh, and more importantly, perhaps what are you projecting for next year?
0: Look, we had uh, you know, again good, strong volume of deployment of batteries this year. It didn't get quite to where uh, the market, or I expected it could grow to this year. Um, but I think that's largely because of the the white hot solar market. Um, it's pretty hard for to convince a salesperson or an installer to go and do a much more complex battery sale or installation when they could maybe be making comparatively easy sales um, on on mm-hmm. regular PV. So look, mm-hmm. I expect that we'll get to you know somewhere in the 20,000 uh, mark similar to last year perhaps a little bit above um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah as, as for next year look I think we're going to see uh, again some growth on that but but not massive growth just yet but uh, we'll wait to make, call that
2: later. Wow wow so simple things and we've seen this the last few years it's, it's just simple practical issues that are slowing down uh, really, the, the the big growth that everyone's projected in batteries, um, uh, it's it's complicated. It's trickier to sell. It's trickier to install. Uh, there are lots of competing stories out there about which product's the best, and and there's a big range in 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 hardware. Uh, and and as you say, like if you're real busy, just throwing PV on the roof, and that's where the big payback uh, is coming from, and where you can uh, you can churn faster then. Why do batteries? And so, you know, it would seem to me. I think. I think I tend to agree that, you know, despite the potential that's out there, next year may well only be another twenty or thirty thousand, um, if the PV market remains hot, right?
0: i agree except uh, to the extent that the south australian market will create some significant deployment just due to its subsidies um, Mm -hmm. and as will the uh, victorian government scheme when it comes in and interestingly this is another factor which has delayed uh, installations in in 2018 was the uh, people waiting for subsidies just in the same way that they're waiting for battery prices to come down so there's Something that we faced in the solar industry years ago is what motivated people to uh, actually take action and and stop waiting for prices to come down was the um, introduction or or removal of a subsidy. And I think we might um, be looking at that for um,
2: a couple of years ahead. Yeah, right on, right on. We're almost out of time, was so um, I did just want to... um Uh, congratulate you on pvcell i see that you've had a major upgrade and made some announcements about your software um it's now got hd images available which is extremely cool a little roof mapping feature i haven't had a look at your software for ages but um uh, when you sent me up a demo login this morning, I was really impressed with what you've got there. Um, well done. Um, tell me how your software is helping solar companies. What's what's the, what's the game? What's the end game that that you know you're hearing about from customers who use PV
0: well, look, the the daily bread, if you like, is people getting really excited about having this free uh, high definitional uh, aerial imagery to do their panel layouts on. Uh, but then, you know, taking that and where you can take PV Cell through to doing the the complex financial analysis and um, and beautiful proposals. One of the most exciting things we've done has been um, fueling a lot of the award winning installations and we're really proud of that, but we get these clients where we've actually helped and we provide them a lot lot of help over the phone, etc, even with their business. One example was a, a customer that had had some great experience with commercial installations, etc., but wasn't really good on the, the sales side of things. They're, they're moving out into that sales space now, um, and we helped them with their first job, uh, which was a, a chicken farm. And uh, they did such a good job on that chicken farm uh, as uh, and got some good press for it that they had chicken farms lining up to get. Solar systems on their their roof, and so uh, you know that, that was a real moment where we said, look, that they were just really grateful for the, all the help and support we did in, in getting them their first sale, and um, and then subsequently, you know, look where it's gone.
2: Awesome, awesome. Well, I I I congratulate you on what you've achieved with that, mate, and really uh, value all the input and the data. Um, um, please keep going on that so that um, we can probe and, and everyone can learn from uh, what you're seeing around the marketplace. Um, And enjoy your Christmas, mate. Great to chat.
0: Thanks, mate. And thanks for your podcast. It's beautiful service and and lovely to hear your
1: voice every fortnight too, mate. Good on you, mate. Talk soon. and that was Warwick Johnson from Sunwiz, um, one of our two major sponsors for the podcast um, for this past year, along of course with um, Solar Analytics. Um, good to catch up with them, Nigel.
2: It was. We we spent many years working on Forecast together, mate, and trying to pick the direction of the market and understand the drivers and everything else. So it was really good to have done it. Did you ever get it, it right? But, yeah. <laughs> actually, you know. <laughs> You know what? We actually got it very right for many, many years, Giles. Um, not always, but uh, we were generally pretty close to the money on it. And um, but that, you know, that was one of the questions that I that I talked about with him was, you know, how far off were you this year? And uh, he hadn't done a forecast this year. Um, but every but he made the point that everybody was off the mark this year. No one. Um, really expected both the peaks and the highs as, as or um, some of the lows that we saw in the stalling in the battery sales, for example. Mm. So it was mm. very, a very, very hard year to pick.
1: Well, now you've got an opportunity to make another forecast for 2019. Um, maybe not a a number forecast, but what's, um, a what gets you excited about the next year?
2: Ah, that's a really good question. So next year is going to be the... It, next year is... Here's my prediction. So next year will be... The year of the EV, the first big year of EVs in Australia. I reckon we'll double or triple minimum the number of EVs on the road in Australia next year. Simply. Well, if I go out and buy my EV, that's going to be a doubling for a start. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so I think it'll be the year that EV, of course, alongside that, we've got all the infrastructure starting to roll out now, so that's going to that's help overcome it. Um, on solar, I haven't met anyone who disagrees with the fact that next year for the PV industry is going to be massive. I think there's no sign of a let up in the residential space. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would expect that we'll probably come very, very close to the gigawatt or so that we got on resi this year again next year, simply because of energy prices. Um, And we've got this replacement market building up that, that Warwick and I talked about as well. Um, and um, uh, commercial has been a, a really nice, predictable, steady growth. So I would expect that that will grow. So we'll, we'll get over the half a gigawatt mark next year for commercial rooftop solar, I would expect. And large scale, large scale is hard to pick. We're going to see a lot of delivery of projects next year, but whether we'll see the flurry of, of installations that we saw this year, I don't know because, of course, time's running out on the large scale stuff.
1: Um, well, that's right. well, we'll, see, we'll certainly see, see a lot of construction and completions and, and probably yeah. a few more starts. Um, yep. But, um, um, yes, yeah, so I'd say the rate of announced new projects will, will probably slow dramatically. Slow a bit, um, yeah. Yep. Look, for me, um, absolutely, I agree with the electric vehicles. I think 2019 is going to be the big year. The, the year it all starts taking off yep. um, with the um, Hyundai I- Ionic, the Kona, the Nissan, the yeah. The Jag, um, mm. possibly a Kia, possibly a VW, possibly mm. a Mini, um, the Tesla Model Three. So a whole bunch of cars in and around fifty thousand um, and upwards, and um, I think um, I think that's going to be pretty interesting. And but more importantly, that we're going to have an election. So um, yes. I just think we might end up actually having some policy. Well, it's going to force well,
2: the debate. That's for sure, right? Because we well, it's can... going to force the debate. Yeah.
1: Uh, we're, going to have a, we're going to have an election in New South Wales. We're going to have an election federally, mm. and um, I think they're going to be. Um, um, I think they're going to be very interesting. So um, you mm. know, um, it's. Uh, I, I'm still not counting my my chickens. I mean, I, I,
2: no volatility. Know, I... Volatility never never goes away in this industry, and you know the political climate that we've got you know, is, is pointing towards more volatility this year, whether we have changes or whether we don't, there's still going to be volatility around it. So, um, you yeah, know, people will be making promises left, right and centre, no doubt. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm.
1: So mate, i um, probably about time to wrap it up there. I think. Um, Is just that it? Thank, can we go um,
2: home and just can, have, a yeah, break? Go home, have
1: Christmas, have New Year, and yep. um, we'll be back at um, back at the end of January, uh, Nigel, with um, with uh, wonderful stories about our holidays and um, maybe a bit more clarity about the year ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, I just wanted a uh, b- big shout out to everyone in solar too, Giles. You know, there's people on roofs, under floors, in trucks, or you know, like us, locked in offices behind computers. Um, it's it's easy to forget how t- tough this business really is. And, and especially for the tradies out there, they really work incredibly hard for their money. Um, everyone else is battling on politics and you know, standards and everything else. It's a bit of a thankless task. It's a long war. But I just wanted to have a big shout out to all of you out there because you all deserve an award. Um, you've worked hard. Uh, take a break, hopefully over Christmas and, uh, and recharge your batteries. Good on you.
1: Okay, and I, I echo those um, comments. And um, look, well, thanks once again to all our listeners. Um, tell your friends about us. Thanks again to our sponsors, Solar Analytics and PV Cell. And um, thanks to you, Nigel, and um, all the best for the season for you and your family. And um, You too, mate. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
2: Yeah, Merry Christmas. See
1: and a happy new year. Bye now.
0: Solar Insiders was brought to you by Solar Analytics, designers and suppliers of smart solar monitoring. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, get empowered, and make the most of your home energy. Solar Insiders is also brought to you by SunWiz, makers of PV cell software that gives retailers the tools to stay ahead of the competition. Visit sunwiz.com.au, Australia's leading solar consultancy.